Renueva tu estilo de otoño en JCPenney. Descubre grandes ofertas en modelos versátiles que puedes combinar con piezas tuyas, como un blazer y pantalón de pierna ancha Worthington con tu blusa favorita, o un suavecito suéter St. John's B con tu camiseta preferida. Y combina una chaqueta Stafford con uno de los clásicos en tu closet. Con un par de piezas versátiles, puedes crear múltiples looks únicos y extraordinarios. Eleva tu estilo de otoño y ahorra. JCPenney, vale la pena. Say what you like about Vladimir Putin, but someone had to bring the brutal war criminal Yevgeny Prigozhin to justice. I'm Harriet Langley Swindon. I'm still at the Edinburgh Fringe, and this is Nonsensit. Hello and welcome to Nonsensit, the podcast that wraps up all the best bits from my very real daily radio show into one easy to digest highlights package. I'm still talking to you from the Edinburgh Fringe, where I'm performing my show. That's Politainment, 8pm at the Pleasance Courtyard. And I'm joined, as ever, by my producer, Martin. And what a show we have for you this week, eh, Martin? Well, yes, indeed. And I'm here too, working on Buffy Revamped, which is on at the EICC at 8.15pm. But we're not just at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. We're also going to be at the London Podcast Festival on the 7th of September, which is just a couple of weeks away. That's right, and we can announce our third guest. As well as being joined by Suella Braverman and Sir Keir Starmer, we are also delighted to welcome the Reverend Jerry Berry back to the show. Now, you might remember him from the show back in December, where he explained what was wrong with the Church of England. Let's quickly refresh your memories of that. The ministers and all of the people in the church, they're not saying the right things anymore. It used to be Christ is the best, Christ is the one, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Now it's all, you know, you see, I've seen on, on Facebook that all the preachers, they're all talking about all oh, the sugar babes. Oh, goodness, no. No, sugar babes, sorry. Not in a place of worship. Not in a place Absolutely of worship. Absolutely not. I mean, there's also, there's a lot of sugar babes as well. There's been about 400 sugar babes and only one Christ. And you will be able to ask the good reverend, as well as Sir Keir and Suella, questions. In fact, if you email your question in advance to nonsensedpodcast at gmail.com, we will pick our two favourite questions and give those people two free tickets each. But also buy tickets from kingsplace.co.uk just in case your questions are bad. Yes, yeah, that's a, mm. that's a good idea, actually. Uh, we'll announce the winners on next week's show and then you'll have no excuse not to buy tickets. But let's move on to this week's show. And after a few weeks away, we were delighted to welcome Ishan Akbar back to the show. So much so, we have an Ishan special, getting his views on three different big stories. We opened with his segment, Hot and Spicy Takeaway of the Week, and this week he offered his views on the Republican presidential debates. Let's take a listen. Right, Ishan, it's time for your Hot and Spicy Takeaway of the Week. Well, I'm very excited about this Hot and Spicy Takeaway because it is very hot and Spicy, based on the person I'm going to talk about. Now, you may be aware that over the pond in the United States of America, the first Republican debate amongst the presidential candidates took place, and it was a fiery, hot, and spicy affair. 
And there were three oh. winners, I would say, across the debate. There was Nikki Haley. She did very, very well, very well regarded. And some people really like her. People underestimate her because she's a woman. And Mike Pence, who is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a lifer in the US political system. But the one that yes, I want always, to talk about. always there in the corner. Always there, little, little Mike Pence, little creepy Mike Pence. But the one I want to talk about, and this is my hot and spicy takeaway, is fellow Brownman, Vivek Ramaswamy. Let's have to say it. Vivek right. Ramaswamy. He is. Right. I don't know if there's that many R's in the in his surname, but I, it, that's it, how you pronounce. Is that it? how it's pronounced? Oh, okay, pronounce. right. Well, so, would you would you mind having a go of pronouncing his name as I have done? Um, I, I'd just say uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. I think. That no, no, Vivek Ramaswamy. I mean, it's, it's actually quite a beautiful, melodious uh, name. Ramasani. Isn't it? Okay, Ramasani is not his name, but there we go. Anyway, so <laughs> Vivek Ramaswamy was the standout candidate. He's never run for public office. He actually didn't even vote for a president from 2004 to 2020. But he was quick-witted. He was smart. He was on the money. He had some wonderful jabs for a few of the other candidates. He suggested Mr. Christie was auditioning for a show on left-leaning news channel MSNBC and that Nikki Haley was angling for spots on the board of defence contractors with her positions on Ukraine. He basically said, I'm the only candidate who's not been poor and paid for. And actually, a lot of the public, Fox News people were like, He's brown, but he's good. And now we might be seeing this global powerhouse movement of Indian men at the top of politics and tech. You'll have Ramaswamy, Sunak, Modi, US, UK, Do you think this is, this is the time for Indian men, Ishan? Do you think it's your moment? Well, I mean, I'm not Indian, but yes, it's the time what? for Indian men. I'm not, I'm not Indian. What? He's, the, he's English, isn't he? That's that's the. I mean, that's. I'm, I'm English. An, an English. An English. Why did we? Why did we apply him and put him as diversity? Well, I didn't then. like that name from the start, but it's... I've never liked that name. Oh, I thought everyone liked that name. It's very, no, I... very witty name, though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, is it witty? Is it called the brown guy diverse? Yeah, I mean, it's. Save it for apology watch, Ishan. <laughs> this is a hot and spicy. Yes, you're right. Uh, You'll be apologising. I will never apologise for anything. Anyway, the CEO of Google, Microsoft, Brownman, you know, brown people are taking over the world. Soon enough, chicken tikka no. masala will not be the national dish of the UK. It will be the national dish of the world. No, Ishan, that's a very sweet little idea that you have, but it's not going to happen. I mean, for starters, in the Republican debate, Trump is still going to win, isn't he? Trump's still there. Everyone loves Trump. He's funny. He's witty. He's orange. He's got everything. But also, I've got to say, you know what else is funny and witty and orange? What? Chicken tikka masala. It, thank you it very much. Every time it ever... It is. I love it. Yes. I, I think Ishan's actually speaking some real good sense here because uh, it is one of my favourite dishes. And just yeah, between that and korma, this, isn't it? Just this week, India sent chicken tikka masala to the south of the moon. What? Right? What? They sent chicken tikka masala did... to the south of the moon. That was the name of the rocket. Who ordered... Did... It's this alien. Is that Deliveroo? Yes. Deliveroo. Their moon. life on the moon. Deliveroo. And they also like curry. 
Anyway, listen, we're getting off topic. So I think although it's nice that you're 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 picking out one of one you know one of your friends in the in the Republican debate, I think really the, all these people they're trying they're trying, but none of them can reach the dizzy heights of Trump. He's so um, clever and verbose, and they haven't got a patch on him. Isn't Trump going to be in jail? Oh, that doesn't matter though, does it? That doesn't matter. There are other um, popular leaders that have been jailed. Nelson Mandela. Yes. Um, Jean Valjean. Yes. He only stole a loaf of bread, though, not uh, an election. Yes. He didn't attempt to steal an election. Oh, but they're so. much of a muchness, aren't they, really? Fidel Castro? Well, no, I don't... No, let's... No, yeah, well, no, I mean, no, we don't... No, we don't like him. Um, the the man in the iron mask. Yeah, did he end up being king? That was Leonardo DiCaprio, wasn't it? And Paddington, who everyone loves, oh. also went to prison. Paddington too. The, oh. I mean, still, I, you've seen Paddington too, haven't you, Isha? Yes, I have seen Paddington too. Best and movie ever made. The sequel to Paddington. <laughs> I've seen Paddington too, and I've seen the sequel. Oh, Ishan, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> I don't think we should be joking about Paddington 2. It's a great movie. It's a <sighs> cinematic masterpiece. Oh, what but... does it all mean? <clears throat> um, we, we seem to have slid somewhat off course here. I mean, I don't see how Paddington is related to the uh, US uh, Republican debate. Well, he is, debate. because it's an outsider. It's an outsider who is brown who is going to lead the world, oh. you know? Paddington is an outsider I just... and he's brown. Vivek Ramaswamy is an outsider and he's a bear. Well, an- another outsider, of course, um, certainly back in 2016, was uh, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he still plays quite... on being an outsider. Plucky outsider. Well, he was orange. He wasn't quite brown enough. And actually, he had run for president before he became president. What you want and what you've got with Ramaswamy is someone who knows absolutely nothing about government. And he's brown. And so, like Rishi Sunak, Ramaswamy, Modi, another outsider. Modi was a poor guy from Gujarat. You know, these people are leading the world. And finally, the colonizers' behavior is coming home to roost. They're taking over. No, They're taking over. I don't like the, the, the these colonising, blaming, you know. I don't think it's on. I don't think it's on. Yes. Well, it's happening. We were just trying to do our best. Well, I mean, I'm going to reserve judgment until I find out what um, Vivek's You're going to reserve is. judgment on colonialism? No, no, not on that. No, I was oh. just talking about Paddington again. I'm sorry, I've been distracted ever since we mentioned it. I think I'm due a rewatch. Oh, right. To be honest. So, so when I'm talking about colonialism, you're thinking about a fictional bear? I mean, I suppose marmalade. He's not fictional in our hearts, Ishan. Okay. And that's where it counts. That's where it counts. Well, look, in conclusion, the heart spicy takeaway is this. Vivek Ramaswamy is going to win the US presidential election. And Vivek Ramaswamy, Rishi Sunak and Narendra Modi are going to take over the world alongside the CEOs of Microsoft and Google. And finally... Brown supremacy will reign supreme. Well, that's very interesting, Ishan, but none of that sounds remotely true. 
Now, we're still at the Edinburgh Fringe, aren't we, Martin? Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, Buffy revamped at the EICC. <laughs> still got shows on Friday, Saturday and Sunday at 8.15pm. Oh, Martin, Martin, it's very rude to plug that show when you know it clashes with my show. That's Politainment, 8pm, Pleasance Courtyard. Well, I, I mean... I don't know, Harriet. I, I feel like the Edinburgh Fringe is all about creative ambition and artistic intent, and performers can support each other's work without detracting from their own. So what if someone sees you instead of me, or the other way around? I mean, there are loads of audience members to go around, and what matters isn't getting on the sold-out board. <laughs> what matters is that we're all making the best shows you can make. No, Martin, the point is to have the best show by selling the most tickets and winning all the awards. Right. Anyway, there was a big awards announcement at the Edinburgh Fringe and so we brought back our well-established segment, Is It Woke?, which started well before the Daily Mail launched their Woke Watch feature. Lord Rothermere, you may well be hearing from our lawyers. If we can track you down. Obviously. I mean, he's, he's not a resident in Britain for tax purposes, apparently. So, here we go. Awards. Are they woke? What we want to talk about today is the comedy award nominations at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, where both myself and producer Martin currently are. And it is Disgusting. It's disgusting. Throughout the nominees for Best Show, there is absolutely zero diversity. Well, I mean, I, I'd have to disagree. We've got Ahir Shah. He's, he's up for um, uh, Best Comedy Show. I mean, no. Anya Magliano. No. Um, what, the, no. the whiter-sounding Brownman? This is why it's good to have Ishan on, because it's, he it's can spicy. say these things that we can't. No, Ishan, the thing is, all of these nominees, there is not... A single right winger. Ah, right. Not yes. a single one. No. Right. Well, yes. It's okay. disgusting. Well, look. Okay, I completely understand your frustration. For the for the benefit of the listeners, for those who are unaware of the Edinburgh Comedy Award, it is the most prestigious award in comedy. Anybody nominated goes on to you know millions and millions, fame and fortune and tours, yes. and they are are on the lips of the public everywhere. Ooh. And this year's list was announced for Best Show. And, you know, when you look at it from the outside in, I tell you what, it looks diverse. As already mentioned, Ahir Shah, a Brownman, Ania Magliano, a woman, Emmanuel Sanubi, a Blackman. Okay, yes? I don't think then we need to Janine just Harumi, name all of that. Sure. A Pregnantman. Disgusting. Yes. Oh, and then you've got... No, don't call her that. What, a pregnant man? Can't have pregnant people on awards. Awful. Well, technically... It's, it's absolutely woke have... gone mad. I, I do have to agree. It does seem like a little bit of cheating because that's two people that have been nominated in the same nomination, isn't it? It, mm. it is, because Janine Hirooni is actually, you know, pretty much nine months pregnant. It is two people. Can I just say, I knew this would happen. When they started letting women breastfeed in restaurants, I thought this is where it begins. Next they'll be nominated for awards and look at it. But you also see there are three straight white men and, Harriet, I have to say I'm surprised that you didn't notice. Ian Duncan Smith has been nominated. What? Oh, no. No, he's not in there, Ishan. I I would know. I'm excited. Yes, 
I'm I'm not sure it's quite the same Ian Smith. This is a northerner. I think he's oh, on... Oh, yeah, there is, is. Is he on Love Island? Yes. Is that the... It's once again woke gone mad. They've had to stick a northerner in there. And do you know what? It's interesting you say that because it's obviously designed to be deliberately misleading in that people will get excited and think, great, after Ian Duncan Smith showed all that promise and wrote that amazing book, which... Yes to my mind, is the best book ever written. Now he's entered into comedy. Well, he hasn't. It's a northerner. It's a northerner with a similar name. Yes, well, OK, I think oh, that's what might have happened to me is I got slightly carried away by thinking it was Ian Duncan Smith and um, being very excited about that. But why don't I no. just posit another theory to you, Harriet? And it's this. Would you not say that all of comedy, but particularly those who got nominated, are inherently right-wing? Because comedy, if you really think about it, is a right-wing pursuit, okay? You do well in comedy, you get more money, and with the more money, you become richer, and as you become richer, you become more conservative, you become more right-wing. So actually, these nominees, although they might present themselves as left-wing, are in their first throes of becoming, you know, signed, paid-up members of, say, the 1922 committee. Well... Um, I think you do have to be a member of parliament in order to be in that committee. But yeah, well, they, they could be MPs. I mean, Comedians have to do public speaking, as do members of parliament. That, that's, that's they, true. I uh, mean, that, Eddie Izzard was here uh, not too long ago. Yes, of course. There's, there's Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard was was very left wing, and now she's so right wing. She's trying to become a Labour MP. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I think uh, we've still got to watch out for Labour. And uh, Keir Starmer yes. hasn't won me over yet. Well, he, he sent me some more lion bars in the post, and uh, I, I think I really do think if everyone gives him a good try, then uh, he's just such a smashing bloke. God, I mean, look, the thing is, I, I see what you're saying, but to me, you have these at least left-wing presenting comedians. Yeah, now, that to me is not on. Where, look, I'm not saying my show should be in there. But my show should be in there. Mm. And I mean, not necessarily producer Martin's working on a sort of vampire diaries show and no one wants that. No, but it's, well, it's more a sort of theatre come comedy show in the realms of comedic theatre. So I don't think it really was up for a nomination is probably the main reason why it didn't get one. Well, also, because really? where's the political working persuasion the arts, for that? Right wing, really. If you're working anywhere near the arts, you're all right wing. You know, mm. I work in the arts. Now I'm a diversity correspondent. You are our diversity correspondent. Apolitical, one could say. Well... A blank slate. No, blank slates tend to be white. Brown slate. Uh, let's not call him that. No, brown slates feels racist. It does a bit, doesn't it? Yes. I'm just being technical. Why don't you tweet about it then, Ishan? No, it, it does not end well for us when, when tweets happen, usually when Ishan's yeah, when I involved. Yeah, it's not good when I tweet. In any case, to Harriet's point, perhaps from the outside looking in, the comedy awards seem a bit woke. You know, they put all these different types of protected characteristics on there. Women, pregnant women, Ugh. Ugh. black people. And Ishan, um, coming from the world of comedy, do you have any uh, insight as to who m probably will win in, in your mind? A little, little uh, tip-off? If uh, anyone's looking for a flutter, I don't know if you can gamble on it. Can you so if anybody's looking for a flutter, of all these horses, and they're very oh, horsey, oh. 
you know, no, quite horsey no, people. On. Sure. If you're going to put money on any horse, I'd put money on Julia Masley <laughs> at the Monkey Barrel. I think uh, that, Julia Masley's that, show. Uh, were you That's laughing? That's the name of her show. Was... Oh, right. Okay. It's yes. lots of laughter. The name of her show is Julia Masley. <laughs> and she has been receiving rave reviews. And uh, I think that this is the year of the clown, uh, given what happened with Vigo Venn on Britain's Got Talent. So you think it might be year of the clown? Yes, I think it might be the year of the clown, which is why my money's on Julia Masley. <laughs> well, you know what? Rather a clown than a pregnant woman, I say. Wow. I'm glad we brought back Is It Woke? It's very important that we continue to pick up the wokeness that surrounds us. And we do it better than anyone else. So thank you, Ishan Akbar. Next time on a very spooky fine dining podcast, the season one finale, TGI Fridays the 13th. Oh, you betcha. Pineapple's going to hit the fan as Michael's son, Juicy, or in this episode, Juice son, Voorhees, <laughs> goes on a murderous rampage and no one is safe. It gets real spooky. It gets real bloody. And not everyone's going to make it to the end of the episode. Who will live? Who will die? Listen to Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. Break down a trip to TGI Fridays based on the atmosphere, the service, and the food. And try not to be scared to death. Hear the thrilling finale of Fine Dining, Wednesday, October 25th, wherever you get your podcasts. And finally, Apology Watch. After England's women let the entire country down by disgracefully losing to Spain in the... Uh, um. The Women's World Cup? Yes, yeah. yes, that, that, that. I was very upset. Anyway, amazingly, our Apology Watch section this week wasn't even about the England women apologising for their pathetic performance. Harriet, they were really good. They got to the final and were narrowly beaten by a brilliant team. That might mean something to someone who's watched them play before, Martin, but I watched almost all of that second half and for nothing. What a waste of time. Anyway, it was actually the head of the Spanish FA who issued an apology. But why? Here's Ishan to explain. I'm so not sorry that it's made me feel sorry for the not-not apology I'm sorry about. So I'm sorry not sorry that the not-not nature of the sorry isn't sorry enough or not. I'd like to start this apology watch with apologising to producer Martin. Ooh. Oh, yes. this is rare. Yes. What, what, oh. what, what are you... Which what thing? Which of the when, things... When he made me my coffee this morning, I didn't say thank you. Oh. I'm sorry, Martin, and thank you. Well, well this, is very, this is very polite. Yes. What's, what's with the, why, why is this happening? It's in the nature of the apology watch. Was it a good coffee? It was shit. It was shit, actually. Right, well, yes. oh, in, in that case... Um, thank in, you. In, in the spirit of apology watch, yes. I, I, am, I am sorry that the, the coffee was... Not to your liking. Thank you. Oh, right. I Thank like you. About time. Maybe that's Thank what you. Thank you. The things you have to do to get an apology round here. Absolutely unbelievable. Right. I walked into that, didn't I? Do I have to apologise for anything? If you want to. This is a safe space. Okay, well, um, I guess I'm, 
I'm sorry for not being around the last couple of weeks. Oh. Yes. Oh. But I had to, I had a great time away from you two. I had a lovely time. Feel refreshed. We're, no. I'm happy. Well, it's, it, absence makes, makes the, the heart, heart go grow, fonder. Grow. Grow. Grow fonder. Grow fonder. I think. Right. After feeling well, refreshed. Yes. Well, I, d- I don't know if I'm fonder of the both of you, but nevertheless, I'm here because man's going to eat. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. Now, there are actually a lot of people in the time that you've been away, Ishan, that I think have to apologise, and some of them mm. have apologised. But um, who are you focusing in on this week? Well, this one particular apology I'm focusing on is from the president of the Spanish Football Federation, right. Luis Rubiales. Now, you may have seen the... Global event, that was the Women's World Cup final. England women taking on Spain women. And England, mm-hmm. in very typical England fashion, fell short of the final hurdle and lost to the Spanish. They should just do and it with men instead. In any case, Luis Rubiales, the Spanish Football Federation president, was, of course, overjoyed and ecstatic. And as they were handing out the medals, he kissed a Spanish football player, Jenny Hermoso, right on the lips. Oh, right how romantic. In front of this global audience of about 150 people oh, watching this Women's World so Cup. so romantic. Sorry, Ish- Ishan, I'm, I'm not entirely familiar with all of the details, but um, I, they're not romantically uh, engaged. They're not betrothed. They're not courting. I don't believe they are because Jenny and Mosso said on Instagram later that she didn't like it. She oh. didn't like the kiss. Oh. So I don't know whether it well. wasn't passionate enough. Maybe he just didn't go in tongues. He just went in lips, you see. I, it sounds to me like um, perhaps it was just another example of a uh, man abusing his power and privilege. Well, you, uh, you, you would think that because you're one of the saddest men I've ever come across. But in any mm. case, Rubiales felt as though he had to apologise. He apologised. What did he say? He said, it was without bad intention at a time with a lot of excitement. And in the moment I saw it as a natural bit outside, a commotion has formed. So, you know, you you know what happens to men, you know, when we get excited, just do all sorts of bad things. So he apologised. But I'm trying to understand, is he apologising for kissing her on the lips or was he supposed to kiss her somewhere else? What's he supposed to do? Where are you supposed to kiss someone these days? What's the word? You know there is there is another option there, Ishan. You could you could just not kiss someone. That's always that, no. But when you celebrate I mean, something. what I'd like to say is, can you imagine all these romantic films that just would not have worked if right. the men had waited to be consensually kissed the woman? Mm, yes, They're, I mean Sleeping Beauty would still be asleep. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly, exactly. Do have to flag up the fact that this this kiss was not at the end of a date. It was at the end of a very public. The frog match. would still be a frog. Well, again, they the frog and the princess were not um, work colleagues or associates, as far as I'm aware. The mermaid, the mermaid would still be a white woman. I feel like we're we're crossing our our metaphors here somewhat. Um, you know, Ariel has, uh, I think, a bit of a kiss, but it's, a- again, not that- with the president of the association that she's working for. Maybe it would make workplaces more fun. What if 
people just kissed you if your superiors just... Only, I'd say, only when there's an audience present. Otherwise, what's the yes. point? Because the thing is, culturally also, here's the thing. Since we left Europe, I think we've slightly forgotten some of the European customs. You know, the French, mm. they like kissing on each cheek. The Italians are very amorous. Yeah, very amorous. They do a kiss on the forehead, then the chin, then each cheek to represent the cross. Um, is that true? And the Spanish, it just revolves around tortilla, doesn't it? Yes, what? tortilla. That's why you mm. do the lips, because it's like round. The Scandies, they do the Eskimo kiss with the nose. Apparently you can't say Eskimo anymore. Well, don't Michelle. say it again then. Joe, is it Inuit? I think you can just call it a, no- a nosy kiss. What do the Germans do? The Germans kiss? I think they just like a nice strong handshake, don't they? Yes, that's a firm handshake. That's how they yes, conceive. Yes, then let's not even get on to the Russians. Yeah, let's not. I mean, mm. but this is the thing. I don't understand what he's apologising for. I, I like uh, Mercer said she didn't like it, but I'm presuming she didn't like the lack of passion because he just held her cheeks and kissed her on the lips like she was a baby. No, Ishan, you're giving her too much credit. She's one of these wokies who think that her work shouldn't be compromised by being treated like an object or something. But she'd already finished playing football. She'd finished. Her shift was over. Yeah, Yeah, she'd finished, yes. Finished playing football, now you're back to being a woman. That's how it works. It's not like he ran onto the pitch and she was about to take a penalty and then kiss her on the lips. That would be unacceptable. Yes, I I just sort of feel that at any point this would have been a bad thing to do. And when a woman has just become a world champion, to undermine her moment like that is doubly bad. You're speaking like someone who's never been kissed. When was the last time you kissed someone? I have kissed many. I went to... Uh, Cork not too long ago, and I kissed the Blarney Stone. That's one kiss there. What about a human? Have you been kissed by a human? Yes. My wife, Jane, and I have... I don't think I I need to to hear about this. No, we do. We have affection, and we we decided to... We schedule that into our day now because it's important to keep... Disgusting. A a, a physical relationship is very important to the success of a long-term... I think the people who are upset about this have no love and affection in their lives. That's that's what's happened. There's a real correlation between people who don't get kissed and people who do get kissed. And the people who get well, kissed are absolutely fine. It's it. another thing, isn't it, of not letting men have good old-fashioned fun. Oh, my goodness. Mm. I mean, forget, what is a man? Forget the question, what is a woman? What is a man? Is a man not allowed to kiss a woman in excitement after a World Cup final? Is a man not allowed yeah, to open no, the door for you? I, Is a man not allowed see, to walk you to your car after a date? You're, you're asking these questions like they're rhetorical. They're all, to my mind, quite simple. That I think, first of all, no, he's he's not allowed to kiss a woman after she's just won the World Cup final. Yes, he is allowed to open the door. Um, and what was the third one? Walk them to the car. Oh, yeah, well, if 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 they're okay with it. If a man buys you dinner walks you to your car, right, and opens the door for you, the least he deserves is a kiss. Well, mm. well no, I don't know about that, Ishan. Um, I mean, I just think if some man tried to kiss me and I didn't want to, I'd probably knee him in the groin. Well, there you go. Thank you, Harris. But this is it, because you are a real woman. You, you know, you stand up for yourself. They need to be babied and nannied. If they're more so didn't want the kiss, she could have kneed him in the groin. I think he was somewhat overlooking the fact that he is the president of the Spanish FA, so it could have 
That, that it might she's already won the World like Cup. He can't take the World Cup away from her. That's FIFA's. Mm. It's not the Spanish Football Federation's. Maybe she could retrospectively knee him in the groin. I think maybe that should be it. I'd quite oh, like well, to watch that. Oh, well, that could be allowed. Yes. Yeah, that would be a good we idea. Quite, I'd be actually up for that. I'd be up for watching that. Do you know, do you know maybe, what I did? Maybe you know? the next final, there could be a little ceremony before the match where we all get to watch and in front of all those people and she knees him in the groin. I think that would be beautiful. How about, you know, the Spanish do that uh, that ball chasing or the, the tomato stuff. Oh, yes. Mm. Looks very messy. So maybe we could have Rubiales running through the town being chased by El Mosso while we throw tomatoes at him. And then I do actually, do you know what I do? I do think nothing brings people together like public humiliation. Yes. And actually, I think that could be quite lovely. So I think we should take this to the Spanish government and and the Spanish FA and let them know. So we add a cultural event to the Spanish calendar where Rubiales, the president, runs through a Spanish town whilst the locals throw tomatoes and El Mosso chases him down and knees him in the groin. You know what, Ishan? I agree with you. It's actually a great suggestion. Now that is the beautiful game. Well, that's it for this week. Like, subscribe, tell your friends. Buy tickets to the live show on the 7th of September at kingsplace.co.uk and follow the out-of-context, non-censored Twitter account. Also, keep those questions coming to nonsensoredpodcast at gmail.com. With thanks to Rosie Holt, Brendan Murphy, Ishan Akbar and Ed Morris. I'm Harriet Langley-Swindon and we'll be back next week with more Non-Censored.